I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Rich Collins here. Today's guest is Jay Cicero, CEO of Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation. Jay and his team are leading the preparations for New Orleans to host the Super Bowl on February 9th of 2025. It will be the 11th Super Bowl in New Orleans and the 8th in the Superdome. Jay Cicero, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rich. Great to be here. I'm so glad to be able to talk to you. Uh, Congrats for your recent win of the Dave Dixon Louisiana Sports Leadership Award from the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame and for being inducted into the Hall of Fame. just with that in mind, can you give us kind of the condensed uh, Reader's Digest version of your bio? Well, first <laughs> of all, it's quite an honor to be uh, provided or given an award in the name of Dave Dixon. I mean, what a giant uh, in New Orleans and in the sports world uh, here. But uh, uh, it's very humbling to be uh, uh, honored with such an award. Uh, I, I read you recorded in our publication. Uh, you, you said you made sure to make the distinction that it was not for your athletic achievements. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely wasn't for my athletic achievements. The first call, I thought they were calling me to, to uh, call me to tell me my dad was being uh, honored right. in the uh, right. Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame, and I was like, "No, it's you." And I'm like, "Oh my God, that's great." Um, so quite a surprise. Now I started my career uh, in sports in 1986 right. in Shreveport. Uh, with the double-A franchise of the San Francisco Giants. Okay. Uh, I uh, was 23 and did everything I possibly could uh, in in minor league baseball. Uh, Enjoyed the heck out of it. Had some great ownership, great times. Uh, Really got my feet wet. Right. And and had some great – learned some great leadership uh, from the ownership there. Right. I moved to New Orleans in 1990. Started working for the Sports Foundation December fifth, nineteen ninety. It was the day we were awarded the nineteen ninety two Olympic Track and Field Trials. Wow! And the uh, uh, we hosted that event uh, and the subsequent renovation of Tad Gormley Stadium uh, back then, uh, which actually that event proved what the Sports Foundation could be. Uh, it was our first major event that we had been involved in. Okay, we. Had, we had uh, uh, helped with the women's final four, a lot smaller event back then. Um, and uh, when we did the Olympic trials, it was like, wow, we could we could have this kind of effect uh, on the city and state. Right. And so right. I, I stayed uh, through 1993 uh, and uh, uh, left to become the first general manager of the Zephyrs All of right. the University of New Orleans. Uh, I was there for two years. Got the got the franchise established there, and then uh, the team was sold, and I got the opportunity to come back to the Sports Foundation January one of ninety five. Okay, and uh, uh, I was hired back by Doug Thornton, who was a volunteer prior to being the CEO at the Sports Foundation, and then he moved on to the Superdome as the general manager of the Superdome right. in 97, and I took over as a CEO and have been in that role ever since. Okay, so you really came to all this through baseball? Through baseball. 
and and uh, uh, through the sport. My father was a, a base a high school baseball coach, right. legendary, uh, and I grew up in the game, loved the game, right. uh, uh, absolutely had the time of my life for five seasons in in um, uh, in Shreveport. And and here is a little more difficult. Uh, right. uh, working at a temporary facility, right. uh, trying to get everything established. Right. We were we were very late in getting it uh, off the ground. But again, had some incredible experiences there that taught me a lot of life lessons that have been still used today. Well, it's a separate podcast, but just the whole story of baseball in New Orleans is is worth talking about too. Because oh, I, got, I got stories galore, so <laughs> we could do that separately. Okay, so so now let's talk about the Sports Foundation itself. I just for people who are listening right now, I just want to place us. We are lo- looking out over Lake Pontchartrain. Uh, just down the street from our nose, <laughs> beautiful, beautiful vista here. But um, I know that the Sports Foundation is a different way of operating uh, compared to some other cities where they might bring in a bunch of outside consultants to do these events. Talk about what was the genesis of this this organization and how has it helped New Orleans continue to host these big events? Yeah, the genesis of the Sports Foundation uh, began uh, out of uh, a group of people who. Uh, volunteered and helped uh, uh, Dr. Merv Trail, mm-hmm. uh, who was the point person here in New Orleans for Final Fours and right. Super Bowls. Another and legendary events. sports name. Yeah. A legendary sports name and a mentor of all of us. And uh, Dr. Trail uh, was involved when it was really, you know, providing just a, a few parties or right or uh, and some housing with the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Ed McNeil, another legend in the in the business here. Uh, uh, when the NFL or the NCAA were paying rent and they were uh, paying for all the expenses, and there wasn't there wasn't this uh, arms race of bids <laughs> that happened now. And so, as these events became more sophisticated and more demanding, right. Uh, they asked uh, the Young Leadership Council to do uh, a study, a feasibility study, uh, for a sports commission in New Orleans. And, of okay. course, it came back positive. So in August of 1988, we were formed. And okay. the group that did that with the uh, uh, Young Leadership Council included Doug Thornton, right. uh, Mike Millay, who was our first CEO right. who hired me back right. in 1990, uh, and a couple of other uh, 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 people who were uh, sports enthusiasts who had helped Merv, and so the genesis—that's the genesis of the organization. And uh, so we did. Uh, I wasn't here until 1990, so for a couple of years we did a couple of events here and there. Worked with the Superdome to attract some some events uh, uh, that they were uh, working on, mainly baseball exhibitions and things like right. that, and then. Uh, again, awarded the Olympic track and field trials, and then uh, uh, the organization under Mike and Doug and several others took on the renovation of Tag Gormley Stadium because we committed to do this to host the Olympic track the and event, field trials, yeah. the the biggest and the best um, track meet in the world. I mean, our our Olympic athletes and our athletes in the United States, uh, the only the top three go to right. the Olympics. The rest of the the rest of the ones in the final heat would be uh, one, two, and three in, in, in almost every country around the world. Right. So uh, to host that event at a stadium, a, a, a WPA stadium, that was a cinder track when we pitched it yeah. to them. 
um, uh, is really an incredible story in itself. Right. But uh, again, that that kind of gave us the feel for what we could do, what we couldn't do. Uh, uh, we hosted the the um, men's final four in 1993. Wasn't a lot uh, to do. Right. We did the we did the volu- I did the volunteers uh, a coordination for it. I think it was a hundred volunteers, something like that. Now it's thousands. Yes. It what innocent times. Yes. Exactly. Um, uh, came back 95. Uh, we were we had been awarded the 97 Super Bowl. Right. Uh, the 96 AAU Junior Olympic Games. Uh, the 96 SEC Men's Basketball Tournament, and then the 96, uh, 95 USA Gymnastics National Championships. It was all uh, uh, held in the, in, in the dome because uh, the arena didn't exist back then. Right. And so uh, we hosted the Super Bowl in 97, very successful. Brett Favre winning the Super Bowl here okay. in, in his backyard. And uh, went on, uh, Mr. Thornton moved on to the Superdome, uh, we uh, expanded our staff and went on a sales mission uh, to get the uh, 2002 Super Bowl, yep. 2003 Men's Final Four, uh, 2004 Women's Final Four. You're really hitting your stride at this point. Suddenly, there's we lots were of stuff the expanded that. staff was able, you know, enabled us to really go after more and expanded our capacity right. uh, to to do more, uh, and then. Um, but, but, so right before that, we started the RNL Carriage, what's now the RNL Carriage New Orleans Bowl in 2001. That opportunity came to us because the Sunbelt Conference was starting football right. uh, as a Division One uh, conference, and uh, they needed a place for their champion to play. Right. And so we we took that on, lost a lot of money the first few years. We were concentrating on all these other events, but we knew the opportunity for the New Orleans Bowl was not necessarily the first few years, but right. year 10, uh, 15 down the line. And now we are uh, 23 this year to be our 23rd uh, annual uh, R&L Carriers New Orleans Bowl. Well, it's good that you're saying all this because, you know, I, I think it might be easy just to think about Super Bowl and think about Final Four, but there's lots of other events that come through every year and that have an economic impact. There is, uh, and you know, New Orleans is not uh, necessarily suitable for every event. You know, right. you've got that New Orleans is a very popular place for events, conventions. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's the annual festivals and events that happen, sporting events that happen here. Uh, so, trying to fit uh, the events that are available for bid right. into the uh, into the slots that we are available for hotels right. and facilities is sometimes a little more difficult than, say, other cities. And then when you're talking about some of the medium-sized events, mm-hmm. um, the competition for those uh, may be for every arena in the United States. Not domed arena, right. but every 15,000-seat arena in the United right. States. Uh, and so those cities are treating that event like their Super Bowl. Right. And so, uh, you know, tr- so trying to put together the business plan for these events uh, and a bid process is what the Sports Foundation does prior to actually hosting it. Right. Okay. So the, the two things I really want to talk to you about are one is the preparations this year, like uh, right now for Super Bowl 25. But before we even do that, I want to ask you about 
just the history of Super of the Super Bowl in New Orleans and how much it's changed. You and I had a conversation last year about this for another story, mm-hmm. and I thought it was really interesting to see uh, what, how much has evolved since Tulane Stadium Super Bowls uh, to to the amount of competition you have now. Uh, and, and, and the scale of the of the enterprise. So could you kind of guide us through the history of the Super Bowl in New Orleans, uh, you know, and, and how we got to where we are? I'll, I'll do the best I can <laughs> with, with that. But in 2025, we will be have hosted Super Bowls for 55 years. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Think about that. <laughs> uh, and 11 of them. Right. Uh, but a little more perspective is that Las Vegas is hosting their first Super Bowl in 2024. Right because they have a new stadium. Um, how long would it take them to reach 11? Right. If we stopped hosting them right. and they hosted 10 more after 2024 and they did it every eight years, which would be pretty good. That's 80 years from right. now. So the history of New Orleans and the NFL and Super Bowl, is, uh, you know, we're really joined at the hip. Uh, are we number one? If When we have this one, we, are we going to be top? We will be tied with Miami for 11. Oh, Miami. Yes. I know that there was a bunch of the West Coast early days, too. Like past It was us, New Orleans. I mean, us, uh, Los Angeles, and Miami for okay. the longest time. And right. we hosted a bunch of them uh, from, you know, 70 to, to, to 90. Yeah, there was uh, like every couple of years it felt like right. early on. And then the competition started mm-hmm. and it becoming uh, rather than every two, three, four or five years, it came every seven or 10 years. Yeah. And, and, and that's where we are now. It, it, uh, our first uh, Super Bowl as a sports foundation to manage uh, was 1997. Yep. And, and so you this had will O2 be our fourth. Right yeah. We had 02 right after. So that's five years that later, was which fast. is great. Yeah. Uh, and then it was 13, uh, 2013 afterwards. Right. And then now 12 years later, 2025. So two, that was Rams-Patriots? That was Rams-Patriots. That was the that beginning was, of uh, Tom Brady and all that. Yeah. The first one, first Super Bowl that he won, and it was post-9-11 Super Bowl oh that, that we had to move. This is another podcast. But we had to move <laughs> uh, the game a week right. oh. when they canceled the weekend of games after 9-11, oh. regular season games, and it pushed the Super Bowl back a week and there was only one week off in between the nfc afc championship game and the super bowl back then so the whole schedule shifted back a week the whole schedule shifted back a week new orleans was hosting the national automobile dealers association convention on that weekend which had the entire convention center entire city sold out we had to move that uh to open up space other people oh were gosh. had their smaller events here in New Orleans. People were getting married in New Orleans. Yeah. All that had to kind of adjust and, and shift uh, and live with the Super Bowl being in town at the same time. So um, I have it, a hard time was, coordinating my own family schedule. I can't imagine what you all had to go through. It ended up being on that was also the first weekend of Mardi Gras already planned, right? right? Yeah. So uh, we had to work with the Mardi Gras crews. Uh, to either uh, to to push the first week in a Mardi Gras up a week earlier. Is that what they did? It did, and it cost a lot of money and so time they had a, and they heartache. Had a, they had a quiet week between the first. It was first week in a Mardi Gras, Super Bowl oh, weekend, God. and then the second week in a Mardi Gras. It shows you the power of of of, of this event and the economic impact of the event. It, it and it and look, you got to give credit to the Mardi Gras crews. They they they. They saw the light of how they could help New Orleans and Louisiana by having three sold-out weekends in a row. Yes. 
rather than just two and lose the Super Bowl for some other year. Right. So um, it was uh, it was about a month, maybe five weeks in between when the games were canceled and the Super Bowl was confirmed back in New Orleans uh, in 2001. Uh, so we were, uh, it was a, a pretty crazy time, but, uh, and, and there were tanks on Poydra Street that weekend because that was the first uh, uh, high security uh, uh, Sear One event uh, uh, for Super Bowl. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, and I know you actually had a similar schedule problem related to the one coming up, and we'll talk about that in a second. But so here we are with the history of Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We went from lots of them in the early 70s, yeah. New Orleans, Miami, uh, LA, and then. Who are the competitors that have come in now and are stealing our Super Bowls? Well, you you have every every city that's built a new stadium, which is numerous, or rent, significantly renovated their stadium. But you can go across the country. There's uh, San Francisco has, has a new stadium in Santa Clara. Mm-hmm. Uh, Los Angeles has a new stadium. Right. Uh, uh, Las Vegas has a new stadium. Arizona, huh? Arizona has a. They're not the stadium's not new, but it was new. And now they are a traditional host Yeah, they've hosted, I think, four now. Yep, they have. And then um, uh, Houston, Dallas, um, New Orleans, of course, uh, Atlanta, Miami, uh, and then some northern cities. Minneapolis has hosted one. They did. Wow. New York hosted one. Uh, They hosted the year after us, in fact, in 2013. So they hosted the 2014 Super Bowl. And and then – now you've got Nashville building a new stadium mm. and Chicago threatening to build a new stadium. I don't know if that's going to be a dome stadium or not, but uh, they're, they're threatening a new stadium. So We're, there's going to be – Atlanta? Com- Do you said Atlanta? Did Atlanta. They, Atlanta they, has uh, been, a, been a major competitor. So, uh, boy, if Nashville builds a new stadium and starts getting on the Super Bowl schedule, it's just going to give us even more of a complex as we uh, – They are. They have, a, they, have a, 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 they have great momentum going in their town. Well, um, so what – qualifies or disqualifies a market from hosting a Super Bowl. You've told me this before, but just refresh me. Like there's some cities that just doesn't work. Is it hotel rooms? You need, you need a, first of all, you have the stadium that seats enough, uh, you know, 70,000 or so. And then uh, you need, uh, you know, 35,000 hotel rooms okay. within an hour's uh, drive. Uh, hopefully some of them very close. Uh, to the stadium we obviously have the best situation of any city it's right there uh, it is everything is within walking distance Twenty three thousand rooms i believe downtown within walking distance of the dome are and we the only one there's nobody else that has that downtown well you stroll right to it uh vegas might uh they have a lot of large hotels okay. uh okay. so they might have and they have one hundred and fifty thousand rooms in las vegas so they might have uh, a, 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 a lot of rooms that are within walking distance of or the stadium distance. or shuttle, shuttle distance, them, yeah. but but um, you know we really have the best setup. This this city was built for Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. I mean, the truth is right. I mean, the the fact that I can get on my bike and ride to the game is very different from you know uh, D.C. or someplace where they build it an hour out of town or the yeah. Meadowlands and all that. So yeah, even Arizona, uh, everything's spread out in Arizona. Now they have. Again, these cities that we compete against have more population in their metropolitan areas than we have in our entire state. Exactly. (laughs) They have more Fortune 500 companies, Fortune 1000 companies in their metropolitan areas than we have in our entire state. So uh, when when they say New Orleans punches above its weight class, we really do. And a a lot of that is— 
the way the city was built. Uh, it's our organization being aggressive and knowing exactly how to manage these events, how to bid on them, and be and, and be more resourceful than than other uh, cities. And it's also from, uh, support from the state of Louisiana. They are our Fortune 500 company right. that that steps up and and helps. Without them we would not be able to compete for these events. That's interesting. I guess that's the state acknowledging that tourism and the free marketing from all the media exposure is the, is lifeblood for, for South Louisiana, for Louisiana itself. It is. And, and again, yeah, the economic impact, the tax dollars generated, right. the uh, media exposure right. associated with these major events has a value to the state of Louisiana. Understood. So not, not to, not to, kick sand in anyone but so you're talking about what you need to be able to host this event i'm trying to think of a city that just literally doesn't have the setup for it and so maybe a storied nfl town like green bay is that one that just doesn't work uh, green bay yes uh, they, they don't have uh, enough hotel rooms okay. or, or the uh, uh, infrastructure to be able to to handle it that's interesting uh uh, great town, by the way, and great, yeah, awesome. great stadium to go to. It but I wouldn't like want to be. I wouldn't want to be outdoors uh, there in mid February. That's the other factor, right? Is it's, I felt like it was L.A., Miami, New Orleans because it's temperate. It was, and that's exactly why it was like that. Uh, and everybody, all three cities had the hotel rooms, mm-hmm. the infrastructure, the the nightlife, uh, mm-hmm. the excitement about going. Um, and in uh, the stadiums to really handle it. Right. Okay. Now let's talk about. Right now, where we are as we're looking ahead to Super Bowl 2025, that's, look, my math is correct, we're, it's just slightly under two years from now, but I imagine for you, it's getting to be go time. So I'm thinking about when I throw a, a party, you have the little to-do list, it's buy ice and send the invites <laughs> out and whatever. Uh, what is your to-do list right now and how far along are you? It expands every day. <laughs> uh, we, we really started with, uh, you know, our office here right? Ex- uh, and plans to expand our office here. We'll need to hire additional staff. Okay. Uh, we, uh, we worked with a local uh, agency, uh, uh, Communify, to oh. create our uh, host committee logo. Right. The NFL allows you to create marks uh, and, and has rights. You have rights to that mark through the NFL. Which you can then use to raise funds. It, to raise funds and to market the the event here locally um uh so a host committee logo has been created by communify here and they did a great job with it um um, the the site visits to super bowls and meeting with the host committees that are currently hosting with the nfl staff uh, that manages the super bowl uh, meeting with them uh in arizona will meet and be have a big presence in Las Vegas in 2024 okay. in preparation for ours, but you're, you're basically observing and, and, and keeping track observing, of what's working, meeting, what's understand exactly. Finding out what doesn't work is as important as, as finding out what does work. Right. So uh, trying to avoid those potholes as we're, we're used to here in New Orleans, right. to be able to uh, uh, manage the event in a resourceful way, but also deliver everything that uh, New Orleans and Louisiana uh, 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 deserves as for hosting. New Orleans business owners, up to 100% of your energy efficiency project costs could be covered by Energy Smart. Upgrade your building or equipment to get a cash incentive and save energy. And if you apply by June 30th and complete your project by September 30th, you can get a 25% bonus incentive. Don't wait. 
Apply now to save more. Call 504-229-6868 or visit energysmartbonus.com. That's 504-229-6868 or energysmartbonus.com. Okay, now that that's a interesting topic because you talked about back in the old days when you know the 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 league would pay rent and come in and set up shop and have a have a game. And I, it seems like it's well, I don't know I don't know who's the buyer or the seller, but the it's either a buyer sellers buyers or sellers market now. It's switched, and now there's so much uh, power, and because the the league knows that this is this is good for the city. There's so much economic benefit. Can you talk about what kind of things you guys have to do now <laughs> that you didn't have to do back in the days to, to, to land these events and make it happen? Well, you have to raise a, a significantly more money okay. uh, from the uh, private and public sector uh, to do this. Uh, so back in 1997, uh, our, our host committee budget was somewhere around $3 million. We thought that was huge, right? <laughs> Millions. Uh, and in 2002, it was like 5.1. And okay. I thought that was huge, right? And and then uh, 11 years later, hosting it in 2013, it jumped up to around $14 million Okay. then. And 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 now 12 years later, it, it's another $10 million uh, uh, in addition. So 20 over $20 million has to be raised in order to offset the cost of the commitments that needed that are needed for the NFL owners to vote to give you or award a Super Bowl to, to New Orleans. Okay, and so just in, in very simple, broad terms, what are you committing to provide? Well, you're committing to provide staffing at the Superdome okay. for a month. Okay. Right? Security at the Superdome, everything at the Superdome. Uh, uh, the... Uh, rent-free Superdome, rent-free convention center. Um, you're providing parking. The, the bid requirement uh, says 35,000 parking spaces within a certain distance of, of, the, of, the, uh, of the facility. Well, we don't have 35,000 parking no. spaces, and we don't need them. We need about 2,000, okay. uh, maybe 3,000, uh, depending on uh, you know, as actually what teams make it here. Yes. If it's, if it's Atlanta, uh, God forbid, uh, then uh, there'd be a lot more drive market uh, right. in uh, uh, to New Orleans or Houston, uh, but uh, you know New York and uh, uh, New England, uh, Green Bay, you know uh, Los Angeles right. teams that have been here uh, uh, a lot, uh, San Francisco. Uh, you know it's a it's a fly-in market. There's not a lot of driving market, so there's not a lot of parking that ha- that happens with it. So you have, basically the deal now is, hey, you get all this exposure, you get to host the NFL, Super Bowl, biggest game of the year, uh, all this free advertising. To do it, you're going to give us the facility. We're going to pay for these pay for these parking lots, which you know parking lots in New yes. Orleans are, are are expensive. Uh, we're going to uh, create a uh, what's called a business connect program. Okay. It is connecting local minority women-owned LGBTQ and okay. um, military-owned now uh, uh, businesses to the business of the NFL okay. uh, and the Super Bowl and the host <clears throat> committee. Uh, so it's a formal program that we actually worked with the NFL to start in 1997. Okay. And we grew it in 2002, 13, and we'll do it again here in 2025. That has a, a, a cost to it. There's... Uh, uh, there's any, you know, a traffic control. There are so many other uh, requirements 
that the NFL uh, uh, asks you to do. And then there's, and, and so those those are separate. And aside from okay, what does it cost to you to staff up? What does it cost right. for your additional office space? Uh, what do you what are your administrative costs uh, having to do this? And so when you add it all up, it's over twenty million. And uh, uh, you know we've been working on that. You ask what we're doing now. We're working on on raising, raising private money. corporation sponsorship dollars right now. Is it all, is it most, when you do that, uh, it's been a decade, but when, when this comes around, this it's it's Super Bowl season again, and you got to raise the funds. Is it usually Southeast Louisiana companies or is it just everywhere? It's a combination of Southeast Louisiana companies uh, and, and some national companies yeah. that are looking to entertain people in New Orleans. Um, but they, uh, one note, they have to be non-conflicting with NFL sponsors. Interesting. So NFL sponsor, you know, NFL's got a sponsor list as long as you are. Okay. So uh, it, it can't it, be the other shoe company. It can't be. It can't be Coca Cola because Pepsi is the NFL sponsor. Oh, and there's not a lot of Pepsi uh, going on here in, <laughs> okay. in New Orleans. Well, that, that's a big one. That's it. It is. So we have to be creative in finding categories. Yeah. That are never going to be uh, sponsors. Uh, for the NFL, so funeral homes. Well, no, <laughs> I wouldn't say that, but <laughs> but in 2013, we went after the oil supply business, right. and and so there'd never be a a, a a tugboat operator of the NFL, the official so, tugboat right, of right. the NFL. So uh, that was a category that uh, the good folks here at Chevron uh, helped us with uh, last time. Okay, so yeah, you're at the you're at the stage now of of getting that getting the funds together. Now I assume will last all the way up until. All the way up until the uh, the probably the month before, because right. uh, you never know what happens the last the last minute. One question: You had talked to me about hotel rooms before. You have to say we've got this many rooms, but now the that that's not part of the this. You're not giving away all the rooms. You just think you have to have the. You rooms. have to have the rooms. That the NFL actually contracts uh, nineteen thousand rooms. Okay. For three the three night minimum. But they actually buy them. Well, they. They sell them to other other people. Yeah. Okay. Or it. they they pay for if it's their staff they're paying for. Them okay. Themselves. But that's not so. like you're not giving away the hotel rooms like you're giving away the parking spots. No. No. <laughs> okay. We're not paying for the hotel. We do pay for the team two team hotel rooms. You do, of course. Two, and and that's uh, a significant amount of of commitment there uh, that we do because uh, uh, both teams eight days, 150 rooms uh, per night plus uh, eight suites and et cetera, et cetera, and hospitality, yeah, uh, everything associated with it because the teams have to, they're, they're, they have to be here for that time, period of time. Practice sites, right, to provide two practice sites for the entire week at no cost, plus all the equipment and everything else that they need. That would be at one of the schools maybe? It would be uh, 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 Tulane University and the, the Saints give up their practice site for the NFC uh, champion. Unless it's them. And Well, right. <laughs> Hopefully it's them. <laughs> I was and thinking then, in my head it couldn't be the Saints practice because they're in the game, but no, that's this is the Super Bowl. It could not be. necessarily it, in the well, game. Well, it's happened twice. Yeah. Uh, so uh, after fifty something years of it never happening, it happened. It happened twice in the last five years. Well, so, that's encouraging. We got. Uh, you never know. You're right, and and then uh, the the media. There's six thousand members of the media that travel with right. the Super Bowl. That's an incredible opportunity for New Orleans and the state of Louisiana, and so. Uh, what we uh, we have to throw a media party. We have to we have to pay for a media center. 
there are uh, a, a media booth. We want to we want to have celebrity chefs feeding the media, uh, and and us telling them the great things that are happening right. in New Orleans and Louisiana. Right. You and I sit here and we know all the terrible things that right. that happen, but uh, you know other other city. You and I don't know what what's what, what's good and bad in Dallas, Texas. Right. Right. We, we we're not there, so we don't know. So. Uh, it, it's time that we start thinking about right. the good things and the positive things that are happening and to uh, ask the media to, to cover these things. Right. Now, I know that one it's one of your tasks that's coming up pretty soon is you choose the chairs of the host committee. How big of a endeavor is that? It is, uh, is a substantial <laughs> endeavor. It depends on, uh, uh, you know, who it is and yeah. what, they're, what they're willing to do. Okay. Uh, but certainly helping us fundraise is a big... A big piece of the puzzle, right. certainly being the spokesperson uh, uh, for the committee right. overall, along with you know senior leadership here on the staff, and 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 helping solve problems or uh, meet with uh, political leaders, and uh, to uh, you know to be uh, to be the leader of the committee and right. to be there right there with us and to, and to help us uh, produce and host the most successful Super Bowl ever. Right. Um, now, we, I hinted at this earlier. Uh, one factor that happened for this one is that you had a similar schedule problem that you had way back when. Can you just quickly review what went down with the extra game and all? The- a few more years lead time, by the way. But uh, yes, the, yes. <laughs> the, um, uh, we were originally, in 2018, we were originally awarded the 2024 Super Bowl. Okay. And we knew going into that bid process that, the NFL and the NFL Players Association were going to go into a collective bargaining agreement negotiation, which could result in uh, additional games or mm-hmm. change of the schedule. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, anything. We didn't know what it was going to be. So we protected ourselves uh, in, our, in the contract that we signed with the NFL, uh, basically stating that if the uh, results of the collective bargaining agreement uh, were uh, additional games and uh or a change of the schedule and and resulting in a conflict with the second weekend of mardi gras then new orleans would be awarded the next available super bowl that we were available to host right and so um uh it happened (laughs) in march of 2020 right at covid right uh the cba was uh agreed right we didn't know if it was going to be one game additional, two games additional, two games and an off and an off game, off week. They were going to start the season earlier, keep everything the same. So we tried to do everything we could do to keep it in 24. We could not work that out. Right. Uh, and uh, we worked for several months uh, to get the 90 hotel contracts. Remember at that time? People were on furlough. Right. Right. And so there were there were very little hotel staff. Uh, to to work with uh, facilities, all the facility mm. contracts, the host committee contract, all that finally wrapped up in October of 2020, and we were able to announce it was returning to to New Orleans. So, is, are the rooms the thing you really have to work on way in advance? It is, it is, that's and that's thing. that's a challenge yeah. because, uh, again, being very popular in mid February, uh, New Orleans having enough rooms to be able to dedicate to the NFL in the time period when they're actually bidding out that year is, is difficult. So back in 2018, 
we had a hole in 2024 and we said let's let's hold on to that hole <laughs> yes. and, and until we get through this process and uh uh and we so we were able to fit it in there so you know we you know now that we're hosting in 2025 we've got to look at 2030 31 right. 32 hopefully in that area and if those rooms are available now trying to trying to keep them on hold and available for nine or ten years that's difficult is this is when people are planning the huge big events that they're also planning that far ahead is that what happens some of them are yeah. uh, the nfl usually doesn't go that far out uh, going uh, uh six years out was a stretch for them but yeah. but they worked with us because we actually had 2024 available right understood and um yeah so would you say the the, a realistic goal would be to host around every decade now, based on the amount of competition there is. I hope it's a little less than that, uh, that we can get back into some sort of rotation uh, that uh, uh, is less than ten years. But that's what it's been. That's what it's been, you know, for the past you know thirty years or so. Right. And so that uh, uh, that uh, is something that we uh, would hope that would be a shorter time period, but right. you can't count on it. You can try and shave as many years off of that decade as you can. Absolutely. That's the goal. Absolutely. Okay, uh, just a couple questions because I know you you got plenty to do to get ready for Super Bowl in two years. <laughs> but uh, one, 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 you talk about it, learning what doesn't work versus what works. When you went to Phoenix this year, did you see did you see anything that was an important light bulb or or uh, warning, you know? Something like, mm. well, I'm not going to call out any, <laughs> any issues. I mean, uh, how bad were they really? In Phoenix, uh, they actually did a very good job. Good. Uh, uh, I'd like to, you know, emphasize our strengths versus some of the other cities. There you, go. Uh, you know, they did have a, a, a nice media party that we went to. It was actually at a farm. Nice. Uh, it was outdoors. It was, it was cold. <laughs> it, was, it, had, it had a really cold night. Uh, it's probably the coldest night of the week. Uh, uh, that week, but nothing compares to New Orleans right. and walkability and the food and the restaurants that we have for a party like that. Right. And, and so we, we do a taste of New Orleans, a taste of Louisiana, really, uh, that, uh, uh, you know, the media just loves. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want to do it somewhere near uh, where the media center, which is going to be in the convention center, where that's going to be. Uh, we want to have uh, a culture and music of New Orleans there. I mean, it's hard to match uh, in, in, in other places. And and look, the NFL staff will, will look at you and wink and go, y'all still have the best uh, right. media party that we've right. ever been to. And I'm like, thank you. That was great. It took a lot of work and planning to do it. You know, it, and, and what I like to tell people is, look, it, it takes a lot of work and a lot of experience to make it look so easy. Right. And it's not so easy. Right. These events are cumbersome and they're difficult. And there are people coming out of the woodwork to potentially bombard what you're trying to do mm -hmm. because they have their own corporate right. uh, 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 ideas that they want to uh, accomplish. And so uh, we've got, we wear several different hats. We are here on behalf of the city. We're here on behalf of the state. Right. We're here on behalf of the Superdome and all the venues and the hotels, but we're also here on behalf of the NFL, their sponsors, and and everyone else who is is part of that traveling show. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's a it's an interesting place to be in the middle of all this. And that's a party for thousands and thousands of people. 
Well, 6,000 members of the media plus local uh, local VIPs uh, for a media party. So you're probably talking about 7,000, 7,500 where did you people. do it last time? We did it at Mardi Gras World last time. It'll, it'll hold that many? Of them? It would. Uh, the, the, the float den hold, hold, the held The West Bank one or the East Bank one? The one on the uh, within walking distance right here, of yeah. the um, okay. of the convention center, and you don't so know where you're doing it. We time. don't know where we're going to do it this time around. But, but it has to be that big of a. Space. It needs to be a significant a, a block party that big, and that's held on Tuesday of Super Bowl week. Yeah. So it's you get it done and out of the way. Uh, but it is a featured event because the media is so important to us, mm-hmm. um, and that uh, being able to present the best of New Orleans and Louisiana is something that we always want to do. Two more questions. One, not, not to bring up a sore subject, but there was the crazy incident at our last Super Bowl. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I assume yeah. that plans are being made to, uh, you know, make sure well, all of our actually, infrastructure's in place. The, the, we changed the Super Bowl <laughs> bid forever after that. Um, there is now uh, requirements for Fund, yes, what we have to pay for. Right. There is uh, electrical, what's called redundancy. Mm-hmm. So the backup systems that have to be in place in, ca- in case the lights go out uh, ends up costing uh, another, you know, seven hundred and fifty to a million dollars, no matter where what city you're in. I don't remember now what what co- what caused it. It was a faulty switch, or a switch that was set incorrectly uh, outside of the Superdome. Um, and, uh, it turns out that, uh, it actually didn't need the switch, Oh, <laughs> but if you think about it, I'm gonna do this quickly. It's, this is another podcast, but, um, to have that shock in the middle of the Super Bowl, to identify what the problem was, to identify the solution, <laughs> to execute the solution, and then it, at the old lights in the Superdome took an extra 20 minutes to come back on and 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 heat up. Oh, the so old, old the fashioned old, lights. Yeah, yeah, right now. They've since changed them there. It's like you're switching your Flipping house. Flipping on an LED bulb, yeah. Right. So, uh, but but back then, they did all that in uh, around 12 minutes before they had to flip the switch. Uh, and then switch. they had to wait for it to right. fire back up. What, what was going through your head at that moment? <laughs> <laughs> Two words. The first one starts with O. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh oh, yes heck. oh gosh oh gosh but you know at that time uh by the time the game comes around right. the host committee's job is done okay. and it is the venue is is in the hands of ASM, the, of ASM yeah. and the NFL and um you know we were you know this goes to show you, you never pat yourself on the back we're patting ourselves on the back on how well everything had gone right and uh, it goes under the category you never know. Right. You never know. But that's a good. That's a good point to make. Your work is getting everything set up in advance, getting it all going, getting everything, all these arrangements made. But the actual game itself, yeah. at that point, you're not. No. Once everybody's in the dome and, and enjoying themselves, um, you can relax and enjoy the game if possible. And so uh, <laughs> that is uh, uh, that's something you look forward to. Well, yeah, that was a. Uh, you know, it was funny reflecting back about that night. I was like, oh, of course, that crazy, you know, incident. Of course, but it's also notable because that was Beyonce. That 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 was a major event. Beyonce was the halftime show. It, it did not happen during halftime. It happened uh, after halftime. And oh, the, 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 the halftime show was actually on generator power, so they had backup. So it wasn't it wasn't the fault of the halftime show. It wasn't at all, and it wasn't a Ravens fan. No, the, uh, <laughs> uh, 
it was uh, and, and thank God both teams stayed on the field. Yeah. Uh, I think that did uh, a, a favor to everyone in the facility that it kept everyone calm. Yeah. Because nobody knew what was going on uh, for those for those, you know, 32 minutes. Oh, what, a, what a crazy moment. But yeah. um, OK, so look, one last question. This is my standard uh, final question when I chat with execs and that is you know you're a longtime new orleanian you're very familiar with <clears throat> all the wonderful things and the challenges that our city has has um, what makes you worried about new orleans right now and its economy and what makes you feel optimistic well i would love I, I think i have the same worry about our economy that i've had for quite some time that we need more companies to headquarters here mm -hmm. and i know gno inc and the led from the state and all the economic development groups around the area are, are, are working on that on a daily basis. But, you know, to be able to have more companies who can uh, uh, be a part of the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl mm -hmm. or can be uh, 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 have, have uh, employees that are volunteers for major events or that may be able to step up and support the Sports Foundation and the Super Bowl, you know, having more of those type of companies is something that we always right. are concerned with. You know, we're concerned with the the number of of, of uh, uh, NOPD staff. Right. I mean, that's everybody's concerned with that, uh, and I'm 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 happy that there's a big effort to for that to move forward over the next two years because we really have to be prepared. And um, I know NOPD does major events better than anybody else in the country. Right. And and we've got to be able to keep that. Uh, reputation, uh, especially at Super Bowl, with the media focus and the focus of the world on us that right. week. And then, I mean, but now, as far as New Orleans, and what makes you optimistic? What makes you feel? Ah. Well, <laughs> it is New Orleans, right? <laughs> we know people are going to have fun. We've got a lot more hotel rooms than we did in 2013. Oh. There's lots, a lot of boutique hotels have opened. Nice. Uh, also, the, uh, the uh, a lot of mid-sized hotels have opened, and um, and so uh, those uh, and some luxury hotels have opened. So that's always good uh, uh, for the area uh, to be able to, um, uh, you know, keep uh, that people can walk. They can come down here. They do not have to drive a car anywhere. They can mm -hmm. walk. They can take a short a taxi or an Uber somewhere if need be. But uh, mainly people are going to walk. I love that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, what makes me optimistic is that we we. We thrive on these types of events. Yep. And uh, this city and its people, and really statewide, they love events and they love hospitality and welcoming people to their cities and showing them what's the best of their cities. And, and so you'll never change the people of New Orleans. Right. And, and their character and what they represent is, uh, and the culture of New Orleans is so unique uh, that we, wish, we just want to, use this opportunity to show the world. All right. Wise words from Jay Cicero. Thank you so much for being on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.